It was March 27th, 2005, Easter Sunday. John Paul II had had a tracheotomy to help him breathe a little bit better. He had practiced and practiced trying to speak so he could give his annual Urbi at Orbi to the city and to the world Easter blessing. Maybe you remember seeing him at that window overlooking St. Peter's Square. He tried and he tried to speak, but he couldn't utter an audible word. His good friend and personal secretary wrote this after his death. The love of Christ, stronger than death, comforted him in spirit and would have liked to express it on Easter Sunday. Because of the commotion and suffering, however, he was unable to say the words. He only made the sign of the cross with his hand and responded with a gesture to the faithful's greetings. This gesture of powerlessness, of suffering and of paternal love, as well as the moving silence of the successor of Peter, left an indelible mark in the hearts of men throughout the world. The Holy Father was also profoundly disconcerted by this event. After moving away from the window, he said, Perhaps it would be better that I die if I cannot fulfill the mission entrusted to me. And immediately added, Thy will be done. Totus tuus, I am totally yours. In his life, he never wished for anything else. Knowing that for him the time was drawing close to pass into eternity, in agreement with the doctors, he decided not to go to the hospital, but to remain in the Vatican. He wished to suffer and to die in his home, staying close to the tomb of the Apostle Peter. The last day of his life, Saturday, April 2nd, 17 years ago yesterday, he took leave of his closest aides. He took part in the prayer that continued at his bedside despite his high fever and extreme weakness. In the afternoon, at a certain moment, he said, let me go to the Father's house. He died shortly after the Saturday Vigil Mass for Divine Mercy Sunday. And it said that as the final blessing was given, he said, Amen. Extraordinary, isn't it? St. Paul described this remarkable way of living far in advance of John Paul II. In less formal language, Paul wrote, I'm not implying that I've already received resurrection or that I've already become complete and mature. See, he's saying the life of faith isn't static, as though it's something we attain and that's it. No, it's dynamic. It's like athletes sprinting towards the end of the race forgetting everything that's behind and straining every nerve to go after what's ahead. I mean to chase on towards the finish line, Paul said. And why? Because he's been taken possession of by Christ Jesus. Maybe a more helpful translation reads, I'm hurrying on, eager to overtake it, to mature, because King Jesus has overtaken me. Thinking like this, in fact, is what maturity is all about. I mean, Paul is saying that Jesus has grasped him, not unlike how man and woman fall in love. Jesus has grasped him, and now all that he's doing is in response to this unsurpassed and unmerited grace. 
That's how the Christian matures. Everything else that he once counted to his credit, Paul sees as paling in comparison, as so much rubbish, he said. In fact, because the Messiah, I've suffered the loss of everything, and I now calculate it as trash, so that my prophet may be the Messiah, and that I may be discovered in him. I mean, here is someone who has been found by the highest good, by love itself, by God, who has been brought into him and has made gaining him his life's goal. He went on to say that this takes the shape of knowing not just about Jesus, he didn't say that, but knowing Jesus, knowing him personally, and of working to reflect that pattern of Christ's life in one's own. There's the image of the maturing Christian, one who says to God always, Amen.